millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This is the Ocean Protect Podcast. Talking about the issues that face our oceans and what we can do about it. Presented by Ocean Protect. Committed to change. Francisca's done a really, in my opinion, really pioneering study in relation to developing a standardised methodology for assessing microplastic contamination in seafood. The results are actually quite surprising. The species that do have uh, lower microplastic contamination are actually not the ones that I think the researchers would have actually thought would. And equally, the ones that the species such as sardines that actually do have elevated levels, yeah, that's a surprise as well. I guess fundamentally, the key message that I've took away from Francisca's research and the, and the, and the, from the co-authors as well is that there is microplastic contamination in our seafood. Now, I guess the question is, where is that coming from? And this is where I sort of had a, a, another thing I wanted to talk to Francisca about. Like, yeah, there's a, there's a, a possibility or a probability that the microplastic contamination is in the, the packaging. I actually think the majority of the microplastic contamination is probably uh, almost certainly coming from the, the waters that the, 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 the marine species are swimming in. It would have to be. But we know microplastic contamination is in these waters. Francisca, how confident are you that the microplastic contamination is actually not coming from the, the waters that the uh, seafood is actually swimming around in? Oh, I don't have an answer for that. I'm not confident at all um, because we didn't test it. Yeah. Uh, but it really depends on the species that you're talking about. So if you're talking about oysters, I wouldn't say it's because of packaging mm. because they are filter feeders. Yep. So they basically uptake everything that it's in the water and they have a protective shell. So they are not in close contact with the packaging materials. So in that case, I would say, yes, certainly it's from the water. Or crabs, for instance, they also have a similar feeding system. Mm. So, and they are in the water. So, I would say that as well. And they have the protective hard shell. So, I would say once again, it can be from the water. Mm. But yeah. the only reason why I was mentioning the packaging materials and all of that was referring to fish specifically, mm. because, like I said, if I was sure that the plastics can travel that way and get stuck in the muscle, I would say, well, it's probably from, from the water. Or mm. if, if at least I had a fish uh, straight from the water to compare. Okay, but hold on. But we use plastic in, in everyday top-notch medical care. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like, like the one thing plastic is good for is, yeah. is apparently sterilization and, and in the medical field. Okay, so mm-hmm. it's a really big question that obviously we, we – three of us can't answer. 
Do you know what I mean? I mean, that's, that opens up a whole lot of can of worms. And I, I understand why you're saying can of worms, they're vegan. Um, <laughs> um, no, no, but I understand why you're saying because, I mean, you're, you're, you're a scientist, researcher. You, you're there about the data. You know, if mm. you don't have the answer, don't yeah. bullshit. You know, and I totally love yeah. that. But this is the beauty of science and particularly in relation to the science around uh, these emerging contaminants like microplastics. You, you go to about answering one question, you get an yeah. answer and it just opens up five more questions. So, But I guess the key message, again, just from Francisca's uh, research is, yeah, microplastic contamination is in seafood. And, and it's, it's interesting sort of the interpretation of, I guess, in the media outlets around Francisca's research. To be honest, that, I guess I'm not sure if they're – trying to be alarmist, but if I just look at the UQ News article, which is I'll include in the show notes, it basically says research reveals microplastic content levels in seafood. And another one is talking about seafood and eat it while knowing how much plastic is in it. Like it's sort of basically highlighting the fact that, yeah, microplastic contamination. But if you go into the detail, yeah, the microplastic levels do vary and they, they, they seem low in some regards, but in some way, the from my perspective, the alarming fact is that there's microplastics in the seafood at all. But potentially, I shouldn't be surprised. But I, I still look at the the levels and go, yeah, they still seem a little bit high. Like the the crab, uh, like just looking at the results, the concentration of microplastics in crabs, like we're looking at about 0.4 milligrams per gram, I think, on average. Okay, what does that is, mean, Brad? Uh, which is probably, uh, I think the the sardines reference was about three uh, milligrams per gram of tissue so i'm not sure if you can put that in layman's term francisca in terms of okay if i'm eating a crab it's like 10 times lower than yeah. the sardines yeah mm. Mm. yeah sorry going back to it again one of, one of the great things about communicating science and data is it does get clickbait you know mm. someone mm. writes an article about your published paper shines light on a problem mm. and who cares how the EDQ or the, the the Brisbane Times, you know, shone a light on your paper? It's media attention that people read and go, mm. well, you know, oh, well, that, you know, creates a, gee, everyone starts thinking because, I mean, let's face it, in the media at the moment, it's not great. It's, it's mm. everything doom and gloom. So for something to compete, to get into the media, it needs to be more doom and gloom hmm. than hmm. what's yeah. already there. Like, you're going to die from plastic tomorrow. <laughs> you know, <laughs> click, 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 click. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's hard to compete for media attention. And I think the environmental industry is really struggling. But certainly this sort of research is, is very interesting. It sort of shines a light. Like one of the things Jeremy will remember, and I can include a link to this in the show notes, we did a video uh, when we were sort of launching Ocean Protect. It's been it's, it's, uh, it was like if don't, we kill the oceans, don't, we don't, kill- don't Google us. Okay. <laughs> Look, there is a video. Uh, I'll, I'll include the link in the show notes. But it was quite. We were uh, essentially deliberately trying to be quite alarmist. And to be honest, uh, we thought we were really extreme. It was a video, a three-minute video, highlighting the scourge of plastic pollution on the planet, and it showed all these people wearing gas masks to, oh, yeah, to yeah. stop that to one. stop to stop plastic from being breathed in. Everyone was sort of covered in uh, like there was all this plastic pollution or whatever. And we thought it's so doom and gloom, it's so extreme, it's just gone too far. Fast track 18 months down the track, yeah. everyone's wearing masks and uh, concerned about the, the plastic uh, levels in our oceans and, 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 and seabirds dying, et cetera. And to be honest, it's amazing how what we thought was extreme 18 months ago is essentially bang on now. Yeah, it is. It is, Brad. And 
Yeah, well, you've got to see it first, Francesca. <laughs> I keep saying Francesca the okay. best I can, by the way. <laughs> One thing we should point out, and whilst Francesca re- and, her, and her other authors' research has been really fantastic, it, it does uh, um, pose more questions. You know, I guess the next question is, okay, there is microplastic contamination in seafood. What is a safe level? Yeah, yeah. No yeah, one yeah. knows. And that's that, for me, is a bit of an, an alarm bell for, I guess, the industry, the seafood industry industry the plastic industry for the environmental industry you know we, we need to uh, establish appropriate safe levels for seafood particularly given that it is a uh, is being consumed by the human population okay so my question is to the, the two of you mm. whose responsibility is that so mm. if you go and buy a car from toyota mm. and you go in the car and it crashes or it breaks down who do you blame toyota yeah great so you go buy some cup of coffee and it's crap, you blame the guy that made the coffee, you go and whatever. So you know where I'm going with this. Yeah, totally. Who makes plastic? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so what, What? What? you know, like we, we learned on a um, podcast about balloons, about, you know, that, that you know, do balloons actually break down? Are they biodegradable? Mm, mm. And, and, and it was all based on a research of – what, what was it, Brad? The, the balloon industry was citing a, a research paper from 1989 which showed dubiously that balloons break down like oak leaves, uh, which is just rubbish and pose no, no harm to wildlife. No threat to the receiving environment. Morgan Gilmore and Jennifer Labors did the research to demonstrate that that was total false and um, balloons essentially after exposure to sunlight and freshwater and marine water and composting still essentially are balloons functionally, aesthetically uh, and can kill things very easily many, many months after they're released to the environment. Okay, but then I'm going to ask you both. I mean, I'm I'm sorry. The deeper we dive into our our podcast, Brad Mm. and Francesca, the more questions that we have. But I tell you what, the questions are all going to one place in my mind. Mm. You know, like whose responsibility is this? Well, who who's actually yeah. selling us this stuff? Who's actually doing it? Why why the hell are you fighting over research money to do your next PhD? They should be out proving to us what's a safe level of totally uh, you know, a new contaminant that we're ingesting, whether it's whether it's breathing it in or eating seafood. Totally. Why the hell is it up to us on a podcast yeah. to point yeah. it out? Yeah. And then why, why, you know, we're doing this off the smell of an oily rag. I mean, mm. you know, you're in London, you're in Brisbane, I'm in, in Wanaka. Sorry, it blows my mind. Again, key questions get raised. That What are the safe levels? And like Jeremy indicated, who's responsible? So is the seafood industry responsible? Is it the plastic industry? I'm not sure. It's almost like the tragedy of the commons. But what, where I see this going uh, is that I think with, with more pollution entering our waterways or even in our sort of day-to-day activities, whether it be coming from the atmosphere or whatever, we're going to get to a stage where the consumption of various things, uh, including food, is going to essentially be designated as hazardous. Like I'll give you an example, in Sydney Harbour, uh, our, probably the world's most iconic waterway, commercial fishing is illegal. Why? It's because the Sydney Harbour is recognised as being so heavily contaminated, it's not safe to eat prawns and brim and et cetera out of that harbour. Now, can you imagine that happening to the world's oceans, recognising that currently 17% of the uh, world's protein comes from the marine environment? Could you imagine, and it's not that far-fetched, to imagine that the world's oceans uh, are classified as being too contaminated to be a source of uh, seafood or, or at least fish protein. 
that's that's a potentially scary scenario and would have enormous ramifications to the world's populations. A question to you, and I recognize you might not be able to answer this, uh, Francisca, but is the microplastic contamination in seafood, whether it be from the East Coast of Australia or other parts of the world, do you think this microplastic contamination is currently a risk to public health? Well, if you're talking about microplastic contamination, yes, it, it can be, obviously. But I think we should always go back to the to the principle of this study, which was to report the plastic content mm. in seafood. But the what was behind that is always like that this plastic pollution should stop mm. at some point. So we should never forget that independently where the contamination is coming from, it either it's from packaging or it's from the water. The key message is to really stop using single plastics. But sorry, but, but what you're saying is then people that are selling it to us are selling something that's not safe. That's basically what you're saying is, and, and, and I like you don't know the answer because and then no one does what the safe level is. So why are we being sold something? Like you, you can't buy a house or, you know, like everyone's got an insurance. You can't like everyday life. You, you buy a can of tuna. Is that safe? Mm-hmm. Well, is the can itself safe? You know, we obviously assume that we've used cans for, you know, whatever, 100 years, whatever it is. You assume that now we're right. working on what's, you know, the contents within that can. Is that safe? I'm I'm sitting here, you know, going. Well, hold on. This is asking way bigger questions that above our pay grade. Do Do you guys not agree? Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you. But it's really mm. difficult to blame someone totally. in this story because first we start with all of us. So it's a it's a general contribution. Mm. Then we go and to the plastic companies and plastic industries. So that's where the problem starts. And I think people are working at the moment to develop materials that are better alternatives to plastic. Then we can go to the governments who do the legislation and we have evidence, a small amount of evidence for that, like reducing plastic bags and some the reducing, you know, single use plastics at coffee shops, for instance, that kind of measures. But this is really a contribution from everyone. It doesn't, you can, we can just blame on one person mm. or one industry. You know what I mean? Because it started like a hundred years ago and it's something, I know that it's difficult to understand, but it's a slow process. And even research, we can really keep up mm. with the changes so, because science is slow and we are seeing that now with COVID-19. We we desperately want a vaccine and it just doesn't mm. come up. So it, I think it's really unfair, but I think we just need time to mm. cooperate and do the best as we can. But I disagree with you when we have to blame someone because I can do something, you can do something, and we can all start to change to, uh, the future and to contribute to a, a better perspective. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. burrow.com slash ACAST. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I totally agree with you, but at the same time, I sort of don't, you know, like people, well, no, no, no because, yeah. you know, how does a gun, how do you shoot a gun? You know, do you blame the gun manufacturer or the person that shot someone? You know, someone creates something and therefore if they use it in, oh. a, in a different way, no, no, well, oh, well. Oh, look, the, 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 the National Rifle Association has been using that argument for as long as I can remember. They say guns don't kill people, people kill people. Yeah, but, but that's, but, okay, but that's my whole point. So are we going to be that PC that we don't uh, go? It's, don't, it's no, a uh, hell of an interesting, I, I find are we this be interesting. That P, yeah, <laughs> are we, we going to be that PC that we can't blame the plastic manufacturers, which are really the big oil companies? No, no, but we can. That's what I was saying. We can blame them. Um, and we can ask them to give better alternatives. You know, what I'm saying is that we shouldn't blame the shop that sells the fish or the fisherman because that's their yeah, job. Totally. You know, I'm just. Yeah, but let's go to the root. Let's go to the root of the problem. Like, let, let, let's not yeah. beat around the bush here. Whether it's falling out of the sky, whether it's coming out of our clothes, whether it's being ingested by, you know, oysters, you know, crayfish, you name it. There's one common denominator in here, and no one's got any answers for it. So when I say I disagree with you, I'm not trying to blame the individual people and the food chain, well, you know, the the economic food chain of that individual person selling me fish. I'm going, well, hold on. This is, I'm not a smart man, but it it all leads to one area Mm. and one area not taking responsibility Mm -hmm. for what's safe that, yeah, yeah, it is. It is interesting. To, I, I kind of agree with both of you. There's probably a key player being the petrochemical industry that is a, a key source of the problem. But I agree with Francisca as well. Like we're all to blame, but ultimately we're, we're all part of the solution as well. And it's easy to sort of point the finger of uh, at blame at someone else. But I think you know what do petrochemical industries and businesses uh, make? It, it's not plastic. It, they they want to make profit, and I think it's up to the individual consumer uh, to really drive change and and really demand innovation. And look, that is happening slowly. The science is slow, but one thing's for sure is that we do need some pretty quick solutions. Like we're, we're facing a pretty dire uh, future when there's stats around more plastic being in the ocean than fish by 2050 and, and three garbage trucks a minute of plastic going into our waterways by 2050, three times more than what was currently. So plastic production is, yeah. is, is increasing and that's that's a massive problem. We need to certainly uh, reduce that increase and ultimately turn it around. And as consumers, we can definitely drive change. How do we change the world by the, the by the actions of of motivated individuals? That's the only way things have ever changed. So I think I, I honestly think we're part of the solution. But the key thing we try to do with this podcast is we try and shine a light on the problem and and I guess uh, and potential solutions. And if we can't, if we don't have potential solutions, we at least try to have a better understanding of the magnitude of the problem. And one thing that this study has demonstrated is, yeah, there's plastic in our seafood. 
Yeah. What do we do about Hang it? On. Gee whiz. Uh, and this is the key thing. Like a lot of motor, a lot of change is driven by uh, financial incentives. And wouldn't that be a, a huge financial motivation for a country to say, you know what, we're going to do our darndest to reduce plastic discharges into our waterways to appropriately protect our own fish stocks. You know, uh, you talked about the Marine Stewardship Council and saying, oh, yeah, we need to define and appropriately manage uh, sustainable fish stocks. But you know what? That, that all goes out the window if those fish stocks are so contaminated, none of them can be sort of harvested and used. So, yeah, I think there's a real financial motivation for change here. I'll, I'll throw it back to you, mate. We've, we've known that um, seafood's had heavy metal contamination for, for, I don't know, our whole lives. What are we doing about that? Yeah, not enough. Look, that's the thing. Look, so, I don't so, think so what, 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 no, no, my whole point is, so, oh, plastic. Oh, let's all worry about plastic. Well, there's so much other shit going out into our waterways, and we've yeah. known that for longer. Not well, necessarily. Well, I, I, I like give an example. I'm just showing it out there. No, no, no look, I, I disagree. I, I actually think the science around heavy metal contamination in seafood is actually quite young. There's only some, been some recent research that actually has shown that the mercury intake from consuming, I think, uh, various fish species actually results in a decrease in intelligent uh, IQ um, levels. So fish is of, often referred to as a, as a brain food. They've actually shown that heavy metal contamination actually, actually makes, uh, makes fish consumers more stupid, reduce IQ levels because of that heavy metal contamination. And that's only reasonably new research, similar to Francisca's. And it's worth while noting that whilst we've, uh, sorry, Francisca's research is focused on microplastic contamination, it's worth recognising that often these microplastics are essentially little sponges for various other pollutants. Yeah, that's right. There's so many unanswered questions here right now. Yeah. And, and that's the beauty of, of pulling people like you together. That's why we were so stoked to get you on board going, well, this is kind of a, yeah. a mind-blowing paper. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's not... They're more questions than conclusions, which is a sign of a good paper, I reckon. Absolutely. I agree. And I honestly think we could we could ask Francisca a, a thousand more questions, but I'm very conscious of Francisca's time. Uh, but one, one question I did have is obviously your research focused on, I guess, marine species that are essentially low on the food chain. Have you got a feel for uh, what sort of microplastic levels might be present in, in species essentially higher on the food chain? So, you know, fish that essentially eat other fish, for example? Yeah, that's, that's what I'm aiming to do next. But I'm not sure if, if I'll do or not. It depends on the timeline. Uh, but yeah, that would be super interesting to know if the like if the concentration increases or not because they're higher up in the food chain. On the other hand, I think we have other a hundred questions to answer before <laughs> that. <laughs> because it, it's true, because if we don't know first where the contamination is coming from, uh, there's no point of uh, doing bigger fish oh, or because we don't, we haven't answered that question mm. first, and I'm not talking about packaging materials. No, 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 Jeremy, no, no. I'm, I'm just, just saying, saying that. So <laughs> no, I'm not talking about that. But but yeah, so I'm, I'm sorry. I, I keep and, and, and it's only started to hit home over the last few podcasts that we've done. We've we've, we've spoken to clothing manufacturers, balloon makers, um, yourself. You know, you know, we've spoken to all these people that are going. Well, we just don't, you know, like this, you know, to, to do research costs money. So mm. you need to be funded. Mm. And well, who's going to fund you? You know, and, 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 and I, I'm sorry, but that 
I might be going on about it, Brad. You shoot me no. down. But to me, whether it's your research, and we spoke about this at the very start of the podcast, there's so many groups out there doing individual bits mm. of research all yep. around the world, and but we're all talking about one form of contamination. Yeah. But I guess in the in the absence of an extensive research database that we can uh, sit back and read over uh, using 30 years or plus of data, based on the research that you've undertaken to date and your your knowledge in this sort of area, are there any key messages that the listener can essentially take away to potentially reduce their own plastic pollution uh, footprint or reduce their own consumption of microplastics? Don't eat sardines. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a start. I mean, at least reduce your intake. That mm. would be my message, uh, my recommendation, at least reducing. And obviously all of those measures that you mm. hear every day to reduce your plastic intake or your plastic use, stop using single use plastics. And when I say stop is really stop. They're mm. not needed. Um, you know, reducing plastic bags. Uh, when you go to buy a coffee, just take your own cup. And then more specifically is everything that we put down the drain. So avoid any cosmetics that can have plastic in it because that's currently a yeah, big it's problem. It's for you, Brad. Um, <laughs> and I think there are currently companies developing filters for washing machines, for instance, so we can mm. stop releasing microfibers. So there you go. There are companies working to <laughs> develop solutions. But yeah, everything that you can do to uh, reduce your footprint in terms of plastic, that would be a good idea to start with. That's a key message. Whilst we haven't got the benefit of, of more and more research, there and this, while this is, this problem is 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 scary, uh, the amount of plastic in, yeah. in the oceans and the amount yeah. of microplastics in our seafood and the amount of microplastics that might be in other sort of seafood, the solutions are so easy. Just stop using single-use plastics, and like Francisca uh, has indicated, reduce your consumption of seafood products. Or if you if you want to jump on the uh, the the Brad Dalrymple vegan bandwagon, hey, go plant powered. Baby, you'll uh, yeah. you'll 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 feel fantastic, and you and you'll reduce your levels of uh, microplastic contamination. Well, actually, we don't know, mate. Some of your veggies might have been like wrapped in plastic. You never know. <laughs> no, I actually do make a vested interest not it's to. About you, it's on your podcast, <laughs> Okay, so uh, no, 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 but you are right, and and and, and, the, and this is a lovely thing about having a chat is whilst you don't have all the answers that 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 we all you want to have a chat about yeah. what you've created more questions which is what you gotta be proud of and that's why yeah. we, we you know we're honored to be able to you know host this little podcast and like you know get some people listening and thinking about going well you know my research is and and, and you know your, your, your fellow people you work with you know it's created more questions which mm. which drives more research which you know, it, 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 yeah, it makes me feel warm in the heart. So. And one of the, one of the really good things this research has produced is also a standardised methodology for measuring yeah. microplastic contamination. Which, whilst Francisca and and University of Queensland and the University of Exeter may have limited resources, it certainly enables other groups. And dare I say, the seafood industry, the petrochemical industry, to actually measure microplastic contamination in other sort of parts of the world and other products. So, in that regard, I think that's a really fantastic outcome. Uh, and look, look, just to uh, echo Jeremy's sentiments, uh, it's been such a privilege having on your on our, our little podcast. It's it's really uh, fantastic research. So in that regard, I'd really uh, thank you 
uh, but also congratulate you and your research team uh, for a wonderful scientific study. Thank you. And uh, whilst you've answered some great questions and, and raised some more questions, I, I, I really can't wait to see what uh, other uh, research sort of outcomes you, you guys and yourself in particular produce over the over the uh, next couple of years. So, hey, the, the invite the uh, invite to come back on our Ocean Protect podcast will always be there. So if you're ever keen, just let us know. Yeah, sure. I will <laughs> if I have more results in well, the future. The, 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 well, <laughs> I'll let you know. But it's not just about results. It's about talking about what we don't yeah. know. Mm. When mm. we first did this podcast, we, we, we did it in person, every single, every single podcast. And mm. obviously due to our good friend COVID, not only has it made it harder, but it's also made it easier because people are more more available. Why? Because they're all sitting mm, at home, yeah. you know. So when when you go try to have mm. meetings, and we used to fly from, say, Sydney to Brisbane, or you know, Sydney to Melbourne to go and meet a couple of people during a day and spend the money on the plane going down there. Now there's no excuse. Like, are you available? Yeah, I've got. You know, I'm I'm booked up. I'm good. So there is some good stuff to come out of COVID. Look, I know it's <laughs> pretty late in the year, and we're and we're all feeling a bit down, but there is some good things to come out of, of, of this global pandemic. And, and one of them is what I think is the connectivity that we've now got. You know, you're London, Brisbane, mm. Monica. You know, we, we're, we're more available, so therefore we're asking more questions. And I think it's a wonderful thing. And, um, yeah, to Brad's point, you know, um, thanks for coming on our little show. And, yeah, please come back. I'll try. Let's see how it goes. But uh, thanks. Really. I really enjoy it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Ocean Protect podcast. If you'd like to find out more about us and what we do, check us out at oceanprotect.com.au.